last time about the wide and narrow roads, and today we'll continue on beginning in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, learning about true and false teaching. Here's Pastor David. Two prophets, Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Beware of false, false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now he's going to say it again. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. It's doubling up. Why? It's super important for you to understand this. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. What is this about? Well, first of all, this is about me, the guy standing up here teaching the word. And it's about you and your responsibility. You know what your responsibility is? Not to listen to me unless there are fruits befitting someone who is a true Christ follower. That's your responsibility. Because he's telling you here, false prophets will come to you in sheep's clothing. What does that mean? They're going to put on the skin of sheep. They're going to look like the rest of us. They're going to say the right things, right? They're going to seem like good Christian people. And yet their hearts are not with God. There's, the Holy Spirit is not in them. There's no fruits going on. And instead what they're doing is they're harming and scattering. Now they may sound like it's pretty orthodox or true or biblical what they're saying, but there's just a little twist, a little twist here or there. If you go and you're listening to somebody and they never make you feel uncomfortable and nothing ever hits your heart and says, I need to change this about myself, you might be listening to one. If there's never any True prophecy, prophetic word, which is not always telling the future. Sometimes it's saying what God is saying to us that we ought to do. If that's not happening, you may have one. Or maybe they say all the right things, but in the dark, in the secrets, there's something else going on. And if you look at their life, you see there's no fruit. Dr. David, one of our elders, talks about looking in the furrow behind someone. If you look in the furrow behind them, you look and see what's growing there. If it's all destruction and death and wasteland, you do not have a proper person to be listening to. But if there's stuff growing, seeds that have been planted, that God's been given the increase on, then you have somebody that you ought to listen to. You will know them by their fruits. Well, what are the fruits? Well, we know what the fruits of the Spirit are. The Holy Spirit has fruits. Here they are, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about are the people who we're going to and listening to, and every one of us should be both being discipled by people and discipling. So we're sort of all in this role at some level. Are these fruits showing and growing in the life of those who are teaching. Your life group teacher, right? The elders, myself, the other pastors, the people. Are these fruits showing and growing in their life? If they are not, they need to be rejected. That goes for me. That goes for every other teacher. We are responsible to this passage. 
Showing that fruit, growing in that fruit. I'm not saying perfection. Showing that fruit, growing in that fruit. That's how you know. That's how you know. And of course, it affects you individually too because you, as a believer, should have the Holy Spirit and should be showing and growing in these fruits too. But this is a serious passage. This is a serious warning. This is an either or. Either you're showing and growing in fruit and you're of the Lord or you're not. And what happens? Cut down and thrown in the fire. That's, that's serious stuff. Fire's hot. We are all subject to this passage, both as making sure that those who we are learning from are not wolves in sheep clothing and making sure we ourselves are not, which leads us into the next two for two Christians, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, I call this part of the passage two Christians for a reason. Because both of the groups of people in this would be calling themselves Christians. Both of the groups of people would be calling themselves Christians, claiming to be Christians. In one group, there are those who do the will of the Father, who do it. They do the Father's will. Where are they? They're entering the kingdom of heaven. In the other group, there are those who do not do the will of the Father, but have done all kinds of works in his name. Where do they go? Off to destruction. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus doesn't know them. They played the game, probably attended church services. They did all the outward things, probably. People would have thought that they were legitimately loyal to Jesus, but they were not. In their heart, they were not loyal to Jesus. They did not do his will. They did not obey all that he commanded. And they were not known by Jesus, and they did not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is sobering stuff because these are the people who somewhere were sitting among the church, maybe leaders, maybe whatever, and yet Jesus doesn't know them. All of us need to think about that. If you think you are truly a Christ follower because you do a few things, but you don't choose the narrow path, you have no fruit, and you won't obey the will of the Father, I hate to tell you, but you won't be entering the kingdom of heaven because your heart is not for Jesus. You are not a repentant, believing Christian. You're a hypocrite. There are those who will seem like they were very serious, whose hearts were not given to the Lord. Jesus has been teaching us through this whole Sermon on the Mount. Jesus Christ has been saying this, look at your heart. Over and over, adultery starts in the heart, murder starts in the heart. What does he say? Hey, if you're going to give something, don't make a big show of it. If you're going to fast, keep it to yourself. When you pray, don't make a big show of it in front of other people. He's not looking for the showy things. He's looking for your heart to be for him. He's looking for you to be doing those things in private that are just about you and him that would suggest that you know him. If you, if you have a friend 
You don't go to them and say, hey, I talked about you here and there and whatever. You say, I know you. I've spent time with you. I love you. That's not what these people said. What did they say? We did all this stuff in your name. All this stuff that's what? Every one of them is something that people see. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did great wonders in your name. All of that's public stuff. What would you say if you really knew him? Jesus, I've prayed to you privately, daily, every day, seeking you out, my heart being after you. I've fasted and kept it to myself. I've given generously to the church and not made a big deal about it to anybody. I've done all the things that would say that I love you because I do love you. You wouldn't be pointing to the showy things that if they're done at all, they're done only in the power of God. They have nothing to do with you seeking him personally. You would talk about the things that are about you and him. That's not what they did. That's not what they did. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Are you reading the scripture? Are you talking to Jesus? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you repenting? Are you studying? Are you serving? Are you giving? Are you doing all the things that would, would show that you are loyal and committed in your heart to God that nobody else knows about? Are you coming in and checking a box? Made it to church this week. You know? Gave something to the whatever. As if you could stack up enough of that to overcome our wicked hearts and our sin. It is by the grace of Jesus Christ that we're saved by his death and resurrection and our reasonable response to that is a heart that is compelled to love and serve him. We're going to take this passage seriously because I don't want anybody in this church to be in that group that Jesus doesn't know. When you walk in, and see Jesus and your eyes meet. I want it to be uh, uh, the eye meeting of knowledge, of love, of connection that's been there the whole time. Not him looking at you and being like, who are you? I don't know you. I don't know you as my servant. I don't know you as my follower. Two ways. Doing the will of the Father, entering the kingdom of heaven. Being lawless, not doing the will of the Father, Away from me. Two ways. Either or. Two houses. Last one. Two houses. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. First, we have a therefore at the beginning of this one. Therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? Well, he's summing up. Summing up all the stuff he's just taught us. We've been rolling through chapter 5 through 7. Here we come to the end of it, and he's saying, look, here's my therefore. If then... If then, if you hear and do, if you hear and do, then I will liken you to this wise man. Now, there are a lot of words to hear. I've spoken a bunch of them already today. There's a bunch of them in the Bible. You can go listen to a thousand sermons online. We've never had anything like the amount of content that you can get that's spiritually valuable. There's lots of words. The question is not, will you hear? The question is, will you do? Will you do? 
You hear, you believe, you do. That's the question. Will you follow his commands? Will you live right side up? Will you live the kingdom life? Not just will you believe it, will you do it? We need to do what he's commanded us. The Great Commission out there on the wall, the mission of this church, the mission of every, all of Christ's people is this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. To observe all things that I have commanded you. What happens? You go and make a disciple. You baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then what do you do? You teach them to observe, to obey, to do what God has commanded. That is the process. Starts with believe and goes to do. They believe, disciple, baptize, do. And if we obey, this is what it's going to look like in our life. We'll be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. If we don't obey, we'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now, I don't know how many of you are builders, but I don't think sand is a very good foundation. One house stands, the other house falls. Now, you will notice that the storm comes to both houses. Storm doesn't just come to the person with the faulty house. A storm comes to both houses. The rain descended, it says. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. It says that about both houses. Because the storm's going to come. We live in a fallen world. Life will not be easy sometimes, and the storm is going to come, and your house will be tested to see if it is built on the rock. And if it is, well, you'll be safe inside. And if it's not, destruction. Either or. Not both and. Either or. Now, please recognize something very important here. Because I, I think I've gotten this wrong a lot as I've thought about this passage or read this passage throughout my life. The person who builds his house on the rock is not simply a believer. That's kind of the way I've thought about it. If you, the, the man who builds his house on the rock is the man who believes in God, who believes in the Bible, who believes in... That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says that the person who builds his house on the rock is the one who does what Jesus says. Who does what Jesus says. You can't just believe it. Even the demons believe and shudder. It's not just the believer. It is the doer. If you believe, if you truly believe, if you truly trust God, that's going to show itself out in action. If the word is implanted in you, it's coming out. And that's what it looks like to build your house in the rock. It's about doing, not just about believing. And I love believing. I love the beliefs of the Christian faith. I think they're amazing. I also think that based on a lot of study, a lot of thinking, that there is no other worldview out there that makes anywhere near as much, it doesn't make sense in comparison to the biblical worldview. There is a God. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, proving that he is God, proving that he has defeated death and sin and hell. It is our only hope in this world. If not for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are without hope in this world. And it is true. And I do believe it. But if that's all, if it stops right there, I believe it. Maybe I even say I believe it to other people. Maybe I'd go that far. But if I'm not going to do it, if he's commanded me to do things, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do your will. Then what do I expect other than for him to say, I don't know you. You read my book. Great. That don't make us friends. Did you do the will of my father? Did you do what I said? 
That's what building the house on the rock is. If you're struggling in a storm and you're worried that your house feels like it's about to break down, don't ask yourself, do I believe that I trust God? Ask yourself, do I show that I trust God by what I do? Because that's what makes the foundation strong on the rock. That's where it is. That's where life is. We're doers. Like our God, like our Father, like the one in, whose image and likeness we're created in. We are doers. What we do will say what we believe. Be doers of the word, says in James, and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Don't be like some guy who looks in the mirror and is like, okay, walks away and forgets it all. Yeah, whatever. Be the person who reads the scripture and puts it in his heart or her heart and lets it flow through them in what they do. Because that's how you build your house on a rock. That's how it works. Following Christ is not for fans of the Bible. Following Christ is for those who have staked their life on the promises of Jesus Christ and are compelled by his love to do the things he's telling us to do. This is not just stuff for your coffee cup, okay? This is not just verses for you to memorize and pull out if things go bad. Jesus is setting up the right side up way to live, the kingdom way to live, to be poor in spirit, to understand who you are, to mourn over your sin, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to not commit adultery and murder in your heart, to not do things for show, to not care about what other people think, to not worry about tomorrow. All of these things that he's laying out, he's saying, do these things. Don't just know that they're out there. Do it. Live it. And when you do, when you do, your house will be on the rock. Either or. Your house is falling in the storm or is standing in the storm. There's not a half rock. There's the rock, the word of God, Jesus, and there's the sand, the world, destruction. Two paths, two prophets, two Christians, two houses. Which one are you going to do? You going to live right side up? You going to live the kingdom life? You going to live the worldly life? Look, this is your choice. I'm not here to make it for you. I'm here to beg you and exhort you to make the right choice. That we might be on the path together in unison, in one accord, walking that difficult path. And we're not going to be popular, but we're going to be righteous and holy. And you know what you're going to have? Not only are you going to have your house on the rock, but you're going to have the joy and hope and peace of God sustaining you, filling you, securing you, preserving you. You're already seated in the heavenly places if you're in Christ Jesus. Your eternity has already started. How are you going to walk it out? How can someone who knows Jesus go back to that nonsense and be tempted by the popularity and by the what everybody else is doing and by the I don't want to confront anybody and by the I don't want to... Don't be somebody who stands for nothing. Stand on the rock. Walk the right path. Know Jesus. Live right side up. And your faith will be something that will move mountains.
And your life will be something that inspires people to transformation and not being conformed. Let's be those Christians. Really makes you think, doesn't it? Are we really a doer of how Jesus tells us to live or something far different? If you realize that some changes are in order, we'd love to help. Come see us at Acts Church this Sunday morning. There's peace, hope, and so much more as we start living flat out for Jesus. Get easy directions and all the info you need at actschurchnw.org. Hope to meet you this Sunday and that you'll be with us next time for more great Bible teaching with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.